Red tag, 50 years since the declaration of martial law in the Philippines. We are now here at the Rotterdam Krausplein, walking with demonstrators from the Red Tag group. There will be singing and some chanting and some recitation of the happenings during the martial law period. There will, um, after this, there will also be the Red Tag Forum, which is revisionism and disinformation as a tool for abuse and graft. Take a listen. It's a, it's a, it's a, an exhibition with 21 portraits of victims and survivors of the martial law in the Philippines that was declared in 1972 uh, by the, the then dictator and president uh, Ferdinand Marcos Sr. Um, so we're doing this because uh, the current president of the Philippines is the son of the dictator, and there ha since since then they have been um, revising the history of their family and and the Philippines, which uh, also disrespects the victims and survivors and the family of the victims and survivors of the martial law. So that was a very dark time, and a lot of people were incarcerated uh, some people went missing um, and some were killed tortured and jailed for just because of speaking up against the Marcuses until uh, Friday of this week so 2021-23 yeah here at slash gallery Rotterdam 21 which is tomorrow is actually the 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 anniversary, the 50th anniversary of the declaration of the martial law. So what we're going to do is for this exhibit to be uh, what we call um, a rolling exhibit. So this is the first leg uh, at Slash and we are going to have another one for just, this is going to be ongoing until until they the the junior leaves so this is for six years we this is what we plan we're gonna do it uh, for six years um, every quarter um, at least for the the people here in Europe we, we plan to do it and the next will be at the uh, Bali Amsterdam and um, there will be February there's going to be another one and um, somewhere in The Hague and um, uh, June, July I think we're also planning another one and of course again September and December. Yeah. We're going to have a, a, for the entire week this week, um, the three days that we're here, we're going to have film showings of three very uh, critically acclaimed films. One is Lee Wai which is about the story of a, uh, a rebel um, woman who fought against the Marcuses as well. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to have a film with uh, Edjop, who he is, um, Edjop is uh, Edgar Hobson, who's the uh, student leader um, who was killed by, by the military after he was, he was captured. Um, and imprisoned, and they claim that he he fought um, against the brutality and didn't want to cooperate 
but he was already in jail so he was killed in jail and he was caught uh, during that time uh, he he was uh, the I think the catalyst um, at the beginning for student activism and he started the first quarter storm it marked the first quarter storm actually and um, so they had a they had a very um, active uh, rally uh, protest against Marcus and he was um, he was he had an audience with Marcus I think around 10 days after he had an audience with Marcus and he asked Marcus that you know um, can you please not put it in writing that you're not going to seek a third term and Marcus told him you're just a grocer's son who are you to tell me that so so that kind of like created an ire on the on Marcus and he hated Ed, Ed Job. So that became one of the reasons for for him being an enemy of the state according to the Marcuses. And then Friday Friday I believe uh, there's another I, I forgot the, the film. Oh no, uh, Indigo Child. There's going to be another film about Indigo Child. At that was that's a very a very recent film as well. And also, it's also about the martial law and um, the atrocities. Ah, si 
my motivation i used to be uh, an apologist because i was i was raised by one and uh, yeah for the longest time maybe i'm one of the people who refused to see the truth even if i studied in a university that uh, fought for it really hard fought for our democracy really hard so finally when uh, I opened my eyes, then, like what they said, it's uh, difficult to close it. No justice, no peace. The Philippines. No justice, no peace. From the Netherlands to the Philippines. No justice, no peace. From the Netherlands to the Philippines. Never again, never again, never again to march alone. Never again, never again, never again to march alone. Marcos Schande, Blutania Hande. Marcos Schande, Blutania Hande. Marcos Schande, Blutania Hande. Rizalina was always at the top of her class and was an article writer for the school organ, the Ruralite. This quiet young girl who loved to read books in the seclusion of her room, nagmumongha sa silid, was always teased by her family as cloistered like a nun. She joined a local chapter of the Kapatang Makabayan, or KM, in senior high school. When KM set up Panday Sining to become a national theater organization, she was assigned to be its coordinator in Southern Tagalog. She then became a militant activist when she studied at the University of the Philippines in Los Baños. When martial law was declared in 1972, Ilagan left the university in order to continue full-time work in organizing and educating communities and sectors in the underground resistance to the dictatorship. Between July and August 1977, Ilagan and nine others in the Southern Tagalog Network went missing one after another. The Ilagan family learned that she was abducted by military operatives on the way to a meeting. She had been with two companions, Jessica Sales and Cristina Catalia, also from UP Los Baños. They have never been seen again. Never again, never forget. Never again, never forget, never again. 
libong kaway Kahit na magapi at isa ang matira Sa ating dakilang hanay Tayong manggagawa at magsasaka Sambayanan ay muling babangon Ipagtatagumpay ang bawat labanan Sa buong daigdig <coughs> Marcos Skande! Blutan niya hande! Marcos Skande! Blutan! Never again to martial law! No justice! No peace! From the Netherlands to the Philippines! No justice! No peace! Uh, my name is Jun Saturay. Um, uh, I'm a, an artist, community organizer. Uh, I'm based in Utrecht. I used to be a surgeon, a dental surgeon uh, in the Philippines. Uh, but unfortunately, because my, of my involvement in fighting a big mining corporation in the Philippines and uh, human rights documentation, I had to leave the country and I'm unable to come back, go home for the last uh, 20 years. And my family was a victim of the martial law uh, regime of uh, president, former President uh, Ferdinand Marcos. That's why this uh, red tag uh, at 50, this exhibition that we are doing here at the Slash Gallery is a very personal uh, project for me as well. And I'm happy to be working with the likes of uh, Lily Arkey and uh, uh, Ikai uh, and the rest of the team that has organized this. It's very uh, big honor for me to be working with such dedicated people. Um, should I just go on? Yeah, you can okay. go on. Um, tell what you want to tell. Okay, over the past 20 years, I have been uh, doing my political work here in the Netherlands, uh, trying to uh, work towards uh, improving the uh, situation back home in the Philippines, especially when it comes to justice, peace, human rights, and environment. I try to facilitate all efforts to um, make the different um, um, warring groups, the groups that are fighting to come together to sit and uh, talk peace. But I firmly believe that we cannot talk peace until the cause, the root causes of uh, what the conflict, the armed conflict, especially in the Philippines, is resolved. And that is mostly poverty, uh, corruption, and we need to resolve that. So that has to be a common platform that we set up with the different groups in conflict. Um, so here I try to use art and culture to uh, make connections with uh, people who don't know much about the Philippines and people who would like to discover the problems uh, and maybe express their solidarity so that uh, we can move the, uh, the agenda for peace forward in the Philippines. And I really appreciate the opportunities like this to, to speak in radio programs, television, uh, to be able to uh, put the story on the newspaper. But 
what we need also is uh, for the Dutch people from the host countries, the Dutch people, to speak on our behalf. That is the most important uh, thing that uh, we ask to all the listeners. Yeah. Okay. Um, for instance, with my personal things, uh, my personal interests, for instance, is how is the situation for, let's say, gay and queer people in the Philippines? Um, of course, um, gay marriages are not allowed in the Philippines. So, from that very perspective, um, uh, it's um, already problematic. Um, we have a government and uh, we have many politicians, a system that is very homophobic, very um, hostile against the, the community. Um, but in the Philippines, like in most countries, it's, it's a fact. It exists, it thrives, and um, uh, it's, it's beyond just a community. It's an entire population. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And it, the, the, the range exists you know, from, from subtle uh, in the closet to, to outright loud and, and um, uh, very much open. Um, that's one of the issues that uh, we are trying to address to eliminate all forms of discrimination, and that includes uh, gender discrimination. Okay, I'm going to interview another nice lady uh, from the Red Tag exhibition here at the Warm Gallery at Slash Gallery. Um, but also, I want to hear her kind of part of her story why she is doing this. So my only question is, tell your story. Yeah, um, I am 35 years old from the Philippines. I moved here in 2017. But growing up, I know that my uh, father was uh, an activist in, in Cebu. And at one point, he had to um, go in hiding because there was a bounty on his head um, because of the, of going against martial law and declaring a war against dictatorship. So there. And then that's why I cannot believe that this is happening. Um, I, I thought when they left the Philippines and my dad's generation um, kicked them out that that was it. So it's a bit weird. It's happening again in my lifetime and my, my dad's still breathing. My dad's still alive and he's seeing this. It just hurts, you know. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much disinformation that's going on in our generation at the moment. Um, of course, technology has a big role um, in this. Uh, social media and uh, the, the, how easy it is to manipulate information these days to make it look legit, even though they're false. That's, and, and it, you know, the, the fact that a lot of people in the Philippines are undereducated is exacerbating the situation in a way that um, they do not know how to discern the right information. So it's in, in, incredible when I ask my dad about it, we had this conversation and he did say that, you know, it, at one point, who is, who is to blame? Uh, is it our generation? Is it their generation? We had this conversation and he said, well, um, you can mainly blame our that uh, 
er een herhaling, herhaling plaatsvindt in de Filipijnen. En uh, ik had zojuist een interview met uh, een van de mensen van uh, 50-year martial law tentoonstelling uh, hier uh, bij Worm. En uh, ja, het is natuurlijk wel het feit dat, uh, dat het zich weer herhaalt. En de dame in kwestie zei ook dat het de, de historie zich herhaalt van uh, een vader die uh, gestreden heeft tegen het regime. En dat er dus nu deze jonge dame opnieuw de strijd aan moet gaan tegen het regime in de Filipijnen. Een herhaling van de geschiedenis, een herhaling van het uitbuiten van een land, een herhaling van de Marcos-dynastie. Ik heb een persoon die de tentoonstelling bezocht heeft in de Sledgalerie. En uh, ik heb hem gevraagd zijn verhaal ten aanzien van deze tentoonstelling te vertellen. Ja, yeah, uh, so when I came to the room, uh, I knew it's about uh, the martial law in the Philippines and the things that happened there. But I think what I was not prepared for was how heavy it would be uh, reading these stories. Imagine... Uh, uh, These were people just fighting for freedom, for justice during the martial law. But they were abducted, they were raped, they were killed. Just because they want to leave and to have a democratic uh, country, which is in the Philippines. But because of uh, the, writ of the lifting of the writ of habeas corpus, which means that the government can, you know, they can just arrest or pick anyone up uh, without arrest warrant. Some of them were not seen anymore. They were abducted. They were gone. Uh, some of them were raped. Some of them were tortured. And uh, I hope that uh, these things don't happen again. I hope that um, with this uh, current political nature in the Philippines, this thing should never happen again. And we should also never forget what happened then. And we should ne never let it happen again. Ah. Uh, Yeah, he doesn't have plans for our country. So, but I hope that he doesn't go killing people. And uh, yeah, I hope that he has plans. I hope he respects the rule of law and everyone's democracy. Everyone's right to, to express their, their opinions over the government and not to kill the critics. Mijn link met deze tentoonstelling komt eigenlijk door mijn vriend die ik twee jaar geleden heb ont leren ontmoet hier in Nederland. We wonen inmiddels samen. Um, ik was altijd wel bezig met mensenrechten, met onderdrukking. Ik heb rechten gestudeerd in het verleden. Um, maar het was meer denk ik ja, westers gericht op de Europa, de, meer de westerse wereld. En door mijn vriend, ja, die Filipijns is, heb ik ook geleerd over van wat daar eigenlijk gebeurd is in het verleden. Dat stuk geschiedenis kende ik niet. Ik kende alleen de Filipijnse geschiedenis een stukje van de Tweede Wereldoorlog, maar dat was eigenlijk alles. Dus ja, er is eigenlijk daar een ja, wereld in open gegaan met wat daar gebeurd is tijdens de, ja, de staat van beleg, de Marcelo, nou, hoe dat gaat. En nou ja, vandaag is dan hier deze tentoonstelling die ik heb gezien met al de verschillende verhalen van eigenlijk allerlei verschillende mensen die daar ja, 
onder hebben geleden, die daar tegen hebben gestreden, van studenten, uh, 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 Rooms-Katholieke mensen, et, et cetera, van alles. En dan, ja, dan zie je dat iedereen eigenlijk strijdt voor ja, een stuk vrijheid, voor ja, een stuk uh, uh, mensenrechten, om, ja, om gewoon een normaal leven te kunnen hebben. Niet meer dan dat eigenlijk. En dat is best wel indrukwekkend. Uh, first, I would have to give a context. The Philippines is still 80% Catholic, so um, you'll you'll think it's a very progressive, not progressive, more, but li liberal, liberated country where where you see the gay people on the streets. But in reality, since it's still a Catholic country, it's still very conservative. For example, a senator is pushing for the Soji Bill, Soji Bill of Rights, sexual orientation, gender. Identity and Expression Bill of Rights, but is still being holed up in the Congress because people are thinking that we don't deserve to have equal rights. The LGBT people, uh, they don't see, they don't see the the reason behind giving LGBT people the same rights as what the heteronormal people are having. Uh, at the same time. Uh, we also call for justice for uh, our sister Jennifer Laude. She's a trans woman who was murdered by uh, one of the members of the U.S. military in Clark because uh, according to this uh, military person, she pretended to be a woman. and But that doesn't give him the, the license to kill her. And so uh, we still demand for justice for our sister Jennifer Laude and also to demand justice from the U.S. government that, you know, it's a right to kill people. And this uh, gentleman, this military person was also released uh, with pardon by the former president Duterte. But uh, yeah, we still demand justice. Uh, someone was murdered. So, and also what, what we're calling for is to pass the Soji Equality Bill and to demand justice for Jennifer Laude.